Hello, this is Ben Eshmade and welcome to this King's Place podcast. This February, acclaimed Russian pianist Alexander Karpiev, as well as contemporary quartet The Hermes Experiment, mark the centenary of the Russian Revolution, with two very different but equally exciting concerts at King's Place. On the 13th of February, Alexander Karpiev plays music from the Russian Silver Age, a selection of pieces that are linked to his own Russian heritage, including rarely performed miniatures by Greshenev, Prokofiev and Rachmaninoff, Stravinsky's Petrushka transcriptions and the Sonata Ballade by Metna, in whose music Karpiev specialises. Alexander told us more about the programme and his much-anticipated debut performance at King's Place. Well, I realised at some point that this year is a hundreds anniversary of the revolution and it's a big date it doesn't happen every year and as a russian i thought i need to commemorate it somehow in a, a cultural way of course and so i thought of presenting a program um, of composers who left russia before after but mostly because of the revolution 100 years ago and i chose five of them compiled a program that represented what was russia's musical scene just before the revolution year in decade before the before mm-hmm. the events took place. What sort of journey do we go on across the evening? Well, in the first half, we're going to have a large sonata by Nicholas Metner. I wrote a doctoral dissertation on him, um, having studied. So the sonata ballad is one of my um, favorite pieces of music. Then going to be preceded by smaller pieces by Prokofiev. And then in the second half, there will be music by Gretchenev, who is mostly known for his uh, music for kids and uh, for his liturgical music. The sacred music connection will be then explored in Rachmaninoff, coupled with his two little pieces written in 1917, which is uh, very precious to me. I see them as a kind of musical essays on uh, what was in composer's mind and his heart because of the state of things in Russia back then. And then I'm going to finish with Petrushka, which was basically nothing to do with the revolution. It's just a, it's a lovely music, um, one of the best ballets ever written. Could you give your perspective on the revolution itself? It's not like this happened at one specific time. Yes, the revolution didn't happen overnight. In fact, there were two in 1917. There was one in February, and my recital literally takes place weeks and days before it kind of took place 100 years ago. And the, the big one was in October, of course. I don't think musicians were scared for their lives at this this stage, but there's a famous letter by Rachmaninoff written in 1917 where he's actually looking for ways to leave the country as quick as possible. And as we know, he never came back. Then Prokofiev, of course, left in 1918, but he did come back in the 30s. Metner left in 1921. It took him some time to realize he can't leave in a country where, you know, there were shortages of food and fuel and everything. Gretchenev, he left for a couple of years, came back in 1924, and then left Russia again permanently. Stravinsky left before the revolution and only came for a very quick visit in '62. You see, there was a different impact for, for all of them. How did it affect their music? Some composers probably looked back 
examining traditional melodies and and ideas and then maybe others use this as a way of abandoning those this can be a, a bit of speculation really because we don't really know how they would be writing if they would stay in russia you see um called my concert a final flowering because i'm exploring what we know we know um how they were writing just before the revolution and well i um metner for instance wasn't affected by political events whatsoever in fact there was a critic who said that when the whole whole world was bathing in blood because of world war and the revolutions metner was writing his fairy tales <laughs> and that's you know i think similar thing can be said about gretchenin if you know the political events didn't cause him to change the way he you know he was approaching music Rachmaninoff, particularly talking about, and Maitner were talking about musical civil, civil age, which did come to an end in 1917. Something rather beautiful and irreplaceable died. There was a flowering of a different culture immediately afterwards, um, you know, more modernist, avant-garde, and then there was a famous decree by Stalin in 1932 limiting artists' freedom considerably. We talked at the beginning of the interview about the history and the background. How much do you think about that before or when you're playing, if you think about anything? Uh, during your performance, I never think about the context and the performance you just you give, um, fully give as much as you can. But uh, for this particular program, I have been doing a lot of research and I've been reading lots of lovely books on, you know, on Romanovs, on uh, revolutions, Trotsky and Lenin. <laughs> And I was actually amazed to find a few interesting things in my research. For instance, there is a legend that Lenin probably met Stalin for the first time in a pub where I went to as a city university student. <laughs> and I, did, I just didn't know that. It might be still a legend, but still Lenin was uh, in the area in, in the early 1900s. He lived in uh, Tavistock Place and Percy Circus, which are, you know, walking distance from King's Place. Playing at a prestigious venue such as King's Place is is, um, something that requires all the resources to be to be there, to be switched on. It's rather enjoyable and it's a great opportunity to grow and an amazing opportunity for me as a performer, as an artist, to you know, get, some, um, get to the next level, uh, literally. Mm. So I'm really look- looking forward to the February 13th. On the 16th of February, the Hermes Experiment present a vibrant programme linking the past and present, including their own arrangements of works by Alexander Mozolov, Rachmaninoff and Prokofiev, as well as three specially commissioned pieces by contemporary composers. They also present a new piece inspired by the early electronics of the Russian avant-garde, devised in collaboration with Jethro Cook. Clarinetist Oliver Paisley told us more. So we thought it would be an ideal opportunity 100 years on to, I don't know what the right word is, 
commemorate and reflect mm. um, on React, I guess, since mm. that's the title of our concert, <laughs> Revolutions Reactions, on 100 years since the Russian Revolutions. In a way, it is a, a very weighty subject, but actually that brings with it a lot of different um, interpretations. People have reacted to it very differently, and that's what we've tried to show with our music, lots of different interpretations of, of the events. You were formed as a group of music students, so the the music of Russia is always something that's you know very flavoursome, very you know wonderful to get your in your case as, as a clarinet player to get to get your fingers around. Yes, definitely. The obvious thing that springs to mind is the big clarinet solo in Rachmaninoff's Second Symphony. <laughs> um, that's um, yeah, kind of the epitome of um, for orchestral playing, at least. You mm. know, that's the kind of the big one. But yeah, there's lots of lots of other fantastic stuff. It's often described as heart on your sleeve playing, isn't it? The Russian melodies are just so strong and, and very popular with the audiences for that reason. With, with Russian music, I feel like when you're playing, it kind of paints such a vivid picture by itself. You can almost kind of work out what was going on without knowing because it's so immediate. For those who don't know, you could either be called as a small chamber ensemble or people have often looked at you also in a sort of jazz context. So the group consists of soprano, uh, clarinet, harp and double bass. And it definitely has that kind of abstracted, I don't know, rhythm section quality to it. You've got your bass line and then a chord instrument and then two two melodies. And that is definitely something that composers have exploited in the past to really great effects actually let's talk through the music that you'll you'll be performing so we have two arrangements done within the the ensemble itself um let's start with alexander mozilov it has a great title for newspaper advertisements is it yeah. a literal thing it is yeah he wrote this piece in 1926 and he literally lifted four adverts from the newspaper so the first one is about where to get the best quality leeches. The second song is about a lost dog. The third song is about somebody changing his name. And anybody that has an objection to that should report it to the town office as soon as possible. And then the fourth song is someone lamenting a bad review. Yeah, a very varied um, <laughs> batch of things. Quite interesting because obviously we're talking about the Russian Revolution, which has big and weighty themes. And it's lovely to have something that's very much about the day to day, I suppose. Yeah, I think Mosolov, he was quite an avid futurist. So his style of, of writing is very much um, that kind of angular pointed idiom. Let's move to Rachmaninoff, a composer most people will know. And you're arranging the fragments. Yes, so Anne, our harpist, has arranged this piece. As far as I'm aware, it was published posthumously. The, the nature of this piece is his, it's kind of a, a farewell to his, his memories of Moscow. He left soon after the revolutions, I think December 1917. So this piece, I think you'll be able to tell straight away that it's Rachmaninoff. <laughs> um, but it, it has a very haunting quality to it, especially in the way that Anne has arranged it. She's really taken that idea of nostalgia and you know looking back on something fondly and tried to embody it. Let's move to the new composers. What did you give them or 
did you allow them a lot of freedom within the, the context of this concert? We made it very um, uh, clear from the start that we didn't just want a piece that commemorated 100 years of the Russian revolutions historically. So it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier about how we, as a group, as artists, reflect on our time, how times are changing now, as much as the Russians would have done at the turn of the century. If we start with Emily Hall. Yes, I mean, um, I, th I think what Emily has to offer for the topic is going to be very interesting. Um, this is one of the pieces we haven't rehearsed yet. Um, we have the score <laughs> and we've all practised. But I, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting having a different, having a different slant on this theme of, of revolution. Maybe move on to Joel Rust first. So yeah, his piece is called Pack of Orders and it's a Russian poem written by Alexei Gastev, who was a very active revolutionary and an avid futurist. The poems themselves, I don't have the text to hand, but it's it's basically to do with the mass automation of society and his belief of the future. Again, Timothy Salter. So yeah, Timothy's piece is probably the most traditional in the sense of his subject matter. So his text um, intersperses quotes from revolutionaries and from poems appropriate to the theme. And it's quite through composed. It feels almost like a mini opera. It's about 10 minutes long and it's really evocative actually. We, we have one more um, devised piece, a sort of collaboration with a composer called Jethro Cook, who we've worked with before. He wrote a piece for our Metropolis-themed concert. This piece um, is about a concert that never happened. In 1912, a group of Russian poets called the Ego Futurists planned an event called the First Spring Concert of Universal Futurism, and it was going to take place in the grounds of a palace. There was going to be poetry, music, there's going to be food. It was all going to be very fancy uh, in an attempt to kind of poke fun at the bourgeoisie. Unfortunately, the event was cancelled due to bad weather. So um, all that exists um, are the kind of blueprints. And then somebody attempts to recreate a bit of the event itself. So we have kind of taken this source material. The idea is I think we're going to start with setting up the elements of, of, the, of the event of the evening. Um, and then it'll culminate in our own little universal concert of, of spring futurism. You've worked before, I know, with theatre elements within your performances or even you know the the hybrid between those those two worlds it seems a good place to maybe mention that in the context of the piece that we're talking about is, is connecting with the audience something very important for you yeah absolutely we want to encourage as you know as many people to get into contemporary music and convince them that it's not something that is avant-garde in the sense that it makes you feel isolated mm. so at the very core of what we do has to be always asking the question what what is this for the audience i think jethro's piece is going to be really fun because it it'll hopefully really draw because it's got a really clear narrative and it's also a little bit absurd <laughs>
I feel it's amiss if I don't mention the fact that we're living in quite a, a time that I did I sort of didn't really see coming in a, a time of turmoil. Yes. You know, you know, we're talking about revolution, and yeah. I, I suppose it's nice when everyday life, for better or worse, does kind of maybe tie into some of these ideas. As actually, in in, in this program, we've got good examples of pieces that are, you know, some of them are reflections on bygone times um which in itself might be a message for for change or a lament for how things have changed um we've got other pieces that actively aggressively pushing the agenda so yeah we've got a real sort of mix um it's going to be really exciting and it'll be interesting to see what people draw from it in the context of you know how how we live today actually Thanks to Oliver and Alexander for speaking to us. Alexander Karpiev gives his concert on Monday the 13th of February in King's Place's Hall 1. For more details, visit kingsplace.co.uk forward slash final flowering. The Hermes Experiment presents 1917 to 2017 Revolution Reactions on Thursday the 16th of February in King's Place's Hall 2. For more details, visit kingsplace.co.uk forward slash Hermes Experiment. I'm Ben Eshmade and you've been listening to a King's Place podcast. You can find and follow us on Twitter at King's Place and Facebook forward slash King's Place. Thanks for listening.